You're listening to The Good GP, the podcast for busy GPs. Hello and welcome to The Good GP. Today on the episode, I've got the great pleasure of sitting with Dr. Angus Chan, who is the president of the Hong Kong College of Family Physicians. Uh, welcome, Angus, and congratulations on you coming up to the end of your four-year presidency. Well, exactly. Okay. <laughs> and I've, I've had the chance to visit you here in your practice. It's a, it's a beautiful practice. And I've got to say, it, it reminds me of practices in Australia. It's a very modern and, and attractive practice. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, because this is a, a new building and uh, in the central area. So more or less, this is a group practice. So uh, we mainly is a GP base, but we also have a couple of uh, specialists doing the visiting sections in here. As I walk around, I think this sort of practice would be familiar to almost any GP. It would look like any GP's practice in Australia. So the only difference is the patients and the street outside, which is a, you know, a very different landscape. But let's talk a little bit about yeah. Hong Kong mm-hmm. and yeah. general practice in Hong Kong. So Hong Kong has a population of 7 to 8 million people. It's a special administered region of, of People's Republic of China now. Yes, uh-huh. And it's a big mix of cultures, isn't it? It's got the, the British history and then you've got Cantonese people and a mix of, of different cultures here. It yeah. must be a fascinating place to work. Well, it is. Uh, well, I suppose that if you say, for instance, uh, here is central of Hong Kong. This is a really commercial district, yes. uh, the financial hub of Hong Kong. And this one, we have a good mix. I'm sure that you will see a lot of Australian, British, French here in Hong Kong. Of course, we also have a lot of mainlander. Uh, yeah. We have a lot of uh, mainland company in Hong Kong in here. But again, I'm saying that majority... Uh, Cantonese, that is uh, the population here, but uh, it's okay. You can work in central in this area. You speak in English, you got no problem. So you think I could work here? Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what's an average day like for a GP in Hong Kong? And I know there's lots of different GPs out there, but what do you think is an average day? Uh, Average day, uh, okay, I'll tell you what. uh, First of all, let's talk about the working hours, okay? Now, now it depends on whether you're private or in the public sector. Now, public sector usually start at 9 o'clock, they work until half past 5 in the evening, and they got a very heavy workload, especially if they're seeing a lot of patients with chronic disease like hypertension, diabetes. So we're talking about this seeing around 70 yeah. per day. 40 70 in the patients a day. 70 patients, yeah. 40 in the morning and uh, 30 in the afternoon. Now, then they, on the other hand, we also have GP that work in the private sector. Now, sometimes they can work in a group practice, like what I'm doing, or they can be a solo GP yeah. on their own. So they rent a place and all that. Now, let's talk about the solo GP. Sometimes they work very long hours. They may start at, say, half past eight in the morning. They work until eight in the evening or even a bit longer. So 12... Mm-hmm. 13, 14 hour yeah, days. Yeah, 12 hours. At least 12 hours a day and usually they work on Saturday and yep. Sunday, even Sunday, half a day. Yeah. Or even on a public holiday, they work half a day. Okay. So it depends on the private GP. It depends on whether you're popular or not. You're good to your patient. Okay. Good rapport with your patient. You've got more patients. So they can see varies between only 20 patients a day to someone can see maybe 100. Yeah. So it, it really depends. But for a group practice, for me, say, for instance, now, what I'm doing here, I'm doing a lot of checkup. You know, that, say, before 11, we do a lot of checkup because they'll be fasting in the morning and, uh, and all that. And then uh, after 11, until, say, uh, 6 o'clock, then I will see a patient. So I'll be seeing around 40, 40 so patients a, per day. A big, long day. Yeah, and a long day. The mm-hmm. other difference I noticed is that you dispense medicines here as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. So mm-hmm. there's, there's a little bit more complexity to your job in some ways than perhaps a, an Australian GP. It depends on unless you actually got a pharmacist here. Yeah. Okay, that I must check. The, the medication with with the dispenser. Okay, so whichever drug that is, but okay, they bring into my room. Okay, we double check, same drugs. Okay, same number before we dispense. Yeah. Okay, but in Hong Kong, people love love that in that way because they don't have to spend an extra trip 
to the pharmacist yeah. in order to get the medication. It's a very convenient system. And the system works. I mean, you were saying earlier, Hong Kong has the highest longevity in the world. Yeah, life expectancy. Okay, nobody expected that because especially we are very densely populated, yep. high pollution, yep. okay, and how come we got the... The longest life expectancy. So, so men live to almost 82 and women live to almost 88 on average? That's right. I think if I'm not wrong, it's exactly 81.7 for yep. men and 87.1 for ladies. So Hong Kong is actually one of the, the city yep. with the longest life expectancy. It's astounding, isn't it, for such a large population, you know, almost 7, seven 8 million people. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think interesting in the way that well, a lot of people say that maybe Hong Kong is the healthcare system. It's so readily accessible. Yeah. To the population. Okay. You can see a GP. I think without any doubt, you don't have to, to say, oh, well, I have a waiting list of three or four days. That will not happen. So if someone is ill, they can more or less see a GP straight away. Same day for almost Same every, day. every patient. More or less, more or less. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's very convenient and very accessible. So perhaps that's another thing to explain. How do patients access general practice? There's, there's a mix of private and public funding for it? Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. So, say, for instance, if you go to a public, public sector, uh, sometimes they, they have a system. Either you can fork up yep. uh, that uh, public clinic, okay, that, and you get a number, okay, so you queue up for that. Right? Usually that was okay. Now for private, a lot of uh, a lot of them basically what we say that, of course, you can make an appointment. Some of the patients, they make an appointment to come and see me. But we also have a lot of walk-in patients. Yeah. Okay. So, say for instance, if it's a busy season, for like influenza season in the winter, okay, yep. we see a lot more compared to the, uh, say, say now it's autumn, we, we don't have lots of very sick patients at, at, at all. So it varies, okay, it does not mean that every day I'm seeing 40. One day I may be even see up to 70, but some good days I may only see less than 30. So you know? a lot of variation, and so two systems, the public and private system, yes. uh-huh. and the public system runs in big public clinics, outpatient clinics. Yes, yes, outpatient clinics. They usually, they might have a te- they usually have a six or seven consultation room, or yes. six or seven GP. And they're busy. They're seeing 70 or more oh, patients yeah, yeah. a day. But for them, you see that what happened is that for the public sector, they see a lot of elderly patients with chronic illnesses, and hypertension and diabetes. Yeah. Because they are taking long-term medication. Yeah. So, so for them to afford the private, is it elderly when they are financially not as strong as a working population? So they usually go to the public clinic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so they always, okay, they, they, regardless of the season, they will see 70 a day. Yeah, <laughs> so they're always busy. They're always busy. Now, let's talk about the, the cultural aspects. I mean, there's a, such a broad mix of people. It's a real melting pot of cultures here in, yeah. mm-hmm. in Hong Kong. How difficult is it to manage? You know, you, most people would speak to you in Cantonese. You get a little bit of English. You get a bit of, of Mandarin. Yeah. It must be very challenging. Well, it's, uh, we, we were good in the way that, uh, say, for instance, this is a commercial centre. So, as, especially, though, as I mentioned earlier on, we got some mainland company in Hong Kong. Yeah. So, uh, around 10% of my, pop- uh, of my patient, they speak to me in Mandarin. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and other, usually 10 to 15% of them, they can, as I say, they can be British, they can be French, they can be Australian, okay, they've been in, they can be from India, uh, some from Africa, okay, yeah. they all speak to me in, in, in English, yep. okay, and the rest usually is the local dialect in, in Cantonese, so it's quite a good mixture. Yeah, right? it must be fascinating, and you can sort of get by in English in Hong Kong, can't you? You can get, get a long way in English. Most places, yes. Yeah. If you're a commercial center in, in, in central, you have no problem. Yeah. You can come and work in central. Yeah. Okay. But Everybody out, understand you. Outside okay. of central, uh, yeah. But if you're not in, uh, in this commercial area, say you have some residents there, if you've got some of the 
older ladies or gentlemen, okay, and their English standard will not be as good yeah. uh, to do the a full consultation with you. Uh-huh. I wanted to ask you about work-life balance, Angus, because you guys work really hard here. That's uh-huh. the one thing. I've got the deepest admiration for how hard you work. You see a lot of patients. Uh-huh. What is work-life balance like and how does it work for morale of doctors? Well, I think that, okay, that if you work in a public sector, of course, sometimes they are on shift. The, in Hong Kong, even you work in a public sector, you also have an even clinic or weekend clinic. Okay. Mm. But so for them, it's just uh, you're on the, on the roster, okay, like once a week. So it's not that bad. Eh? But in the private center, we do see um, a lot of lady doctors, experienced lady doctors. They do not want full time. They have family commitment. Uh, they have young kids and all that. So we do see a lot of lady doctors doing part-time job. Okay? Yep. Either they do a shop share, okay, um, one can work two days, another half, one half. three days, yep. or some of just work in the morning and some work in the afternoon. So it's actually a quite a good mix yeah. Uh, at the moment, at the moment, but still, by saying that in Hong Kong, we just don't have enough uh, trained GP. Yeah, and in here, in Australia, we have a phenomenon called burnout, where a lot of older GPs sort of just run out of steam and and find they have to retire early because of burnout. Uh-huh. Uh, do you find that that's an issue here in Hong Kong, where people work so hard? I wouldn't say because usually in you in private, okay, the what you want is you have. More patients. Yeah. Okay. That, so that you, you get the means, uh, that you can pay your rent and yeah. all that. So they, they do work hard. Okay. Um, but what I'm seeing that is, uh, my, it's the other way around. The younger generation feel that they can burn out. Yeah. Uh, in the way, because if you, if you keep on seeing 70 patients a, a day, yeah. okay, Monday to Saturday and all that, that is quite a big workload. Yeah. And that's why I'm seeing that you see that now the patient, now you've seen 70 today. Uh, compared to 70 to 10 years ago, is a bit different. Yeah. Now they've got multiple morbidity. Much more complexity. Okay? They've yeah. got multiple complaints. Yeah. Uh, okay. They come in, they won't say that I just got a cough and cold. They will say that I got, I can got a knee pain. I got some skin problem and, and all that. Uh, so if you see 70 patients, then you might get around what 140 complaints. Yeah. Okay. So it's not easy. And uh, so, so if you're a good doctor, you want to deal with. All the complaint. Yeah. Uh, but if you're a doctor, they, you don't have time, you want that. After you ask me one thing, I want to stop you, yeah. which is not, not for us. Uh-huh. It's probably worth mentioning that the, just the cost of, of living here is so expensive as well. Yeah. That, that to, exactly. you have to work hard to cover these costs of living, don't you, Angus? Yes, yeah. We have a very high, the rent is very high. Well, it's, it's one of the most expensive cities in the world. I was, I was reading somewhere that a four bedroom house sold for $180 million here. You can work as a doctor and then you cannot afford to buy a house. Yeah. Now I can, I can know some young doctor, their husband and wife both are doctors, both are GP. Okay. And they cannot afford to buy one. Yeah. So let's talk about what, what we can learn. So what, what do you think Australian GP can learn from Hong Kong general practice? I think what happened in Hong Kong is very readily accessible. You can yeah. see a GP without, you, we don't have, wait, more or less we don't have waiting there. On the other hand, we can also do what they call GP shopping. Yeah. Okay. If this GP is not available, you just go somewhere else. Somewhere else. Yeah. And all that. So you more or less you can see the see a GP on the same day. Okay. You've got some acute illnesses. Okay. It's not just even seeing GP. You can even attend the uh, as an emergency department. Mm-hmm. So Hong Kong is one thing is we are very easy to accessible. Yeah. Okay. To, to the yeah. demographic and, uh, and all that every location in 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 Hong Kong. So you've got a really hard-working, very accessible workforce there. Uh, I would say accessible workforce, although we do work hard, uh, I, I think that Hong Kong, on the other hand, I think is quite efficient. Yeah. We tend to walk fast, we speak fast. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it seems everybody just have to be uh, efficient and, and enough. Right? Yeah, that's great. And so what do you think Australia does well and what, could you, what do you think you would like to steal or borrow from Australia if you could? 
Oh, no, no. Because I think in Australia, of course, everybody is, is trained in, in general practice. Then in Hong Kong, you can be a GP. Well, so I call the GP or primary care doctor. You don't need to have any training at, at all. Yeah. Uh, so, so something that we got the system is that now in Hong Kong, you can see the quality of GP. It's just a wide spectrum. Some are really, really good. And some are really awful. Mm. Okay. But the general public would not know. Uh, yeah. the, the standard of they just know that you're a doctor. Your name is got DR in front of, of you. Uh, so, so I love to see that, uh, OGP in Hong Kong, uh, good training. We love that maybe we can just cut down the number of visits, especially in the public center. Yeah. Okay? You cannot see 70 patients. You only spend five minutes with yeah. each one. The quality, okay? yeah. The quality of care, uh, that is a big question mark. Yeah. I think that. So, uh, I think we actually need to increase the consultation time and uh, just to deal with the, the multiple complaints. That's great, Angus. So I've got to say, thank you so much for spending time with us today. It's, it's absolutely fascinating to sit here in your clinic and talk about general practice in Hong mm-hmm. Kong. Congratulations again on your term as president of the Hong Kong College of Family Physicians. What a great pleasure it is to talk to you. Thank you, Angus. Thank you, Dean.